This week's coffee is going to be Columbia, Finca, Santuario, Galpon, Tipica. everybody and welcome to episode 178. I'm your host Stephen Layton and as I said at the start we're going to be talking about Columbia Finca Santuario Galpon Tipica. Um, and in contrast to last week's coffee, the Ethiopian Sadamo that we, uh, that we had, um, I know lots more about this coffee. Far more than is actually healthy for me to know about this coffee. But it really is kind of quite a, a, a gear change. Um, we did this farm back in episode 170 where we did the red boar bomb. Um, but interestingly, this one is a typica and it is from a section of the farm called Galpon. And Galpon in Spanish means shed or storehouse in Spanish. See, the, it's like an education session too. Um, but more interesting are the facts of how we got to get this coffee. So the tale starts back in 2009 when I was obsessed with searching for a great Colombian coffee. This had been really difficult, um, a lot of it because of the yields being down in Colombia, so yields have been consistently dropping in Colombia for a number of years. Um, lots of Colombian coffee being hoovered up by uh, the big corporate kind of Nespresso's of this world, um, who have big pockets and were willing to pay for anything Colombian. Um, and also the difficulty of buying from Colombia and the FNC, which is the Federation uh, Nacional de Cafeteros, um, who I didn't have a contact with, I didn't have an exporter who I'd met and could kind of buy from, and I'd become very reliant on importers to find us great coffee. So this one came in 2009 from an importer, um, uh, but the typical was from the Mirador region of the farm. Uh, you'll see more in the map bit what I mean by that. Uh, but a tiny lot, we bought it, it was very popular, sold out super quick, uh, far quicker than I'd expected it to. What should have been three or four months worth was two and a half weeks. Um, so we had to wait for the new crop to arrive. We stocked that, flew out the door again, really started to feel some traction with this coffee. Um, and I was really kind of excited that things were going really well with it. So move on 18 months in the relationship, the farm has become a firm favourite, the producer Camillo talks to me on Skype a lot, uh, talks to me on email a lot, has been amazing, um, but he told me that the importer would not be bringing in this coffee this, this year, and all the hard work, all the searching would have been wasted. So WBC this year, World Barista Championship, was held in Colombia. Uh, so I thought, well, why don't I go to Colombia, watch the World Barista Championships and tag on some days to go and meet Camillo um, and see whether it was possible to fix this, whether he was able to help us export it from Colombia. So I spent a few days with Camillo. Uh, he took me to some of the farms that uh, the exporters that he started working for um, work with. And this guy is amazing. So like straight away, I knew there was something different with this guy. But he has ambitions, not just to have the best coffee in Colombia, 
but he has ambitions to have the best farm in the world. So when he bought the farm back in 2000, he uh, markets were at an all-time low, lots of problems in Colombia, um, problems with things like leaf rust, uh, pressure on yields that I've already said about. This guy decided to build a coffee farm, but not for yield. He decided he wanted to build it for, um, for quality. So all of the usual varietals that wouldn't be planted, he thought could work on this farm that he'd bought. So that's what he did. Um, and the end is in the final cup. It's, you can taste it. He's working with varietals for their pure intrinsic taste, um, not how much he can make like by stacking it high, selling it cheap, but finding the best varietals for that soil that will produce the best cup um, and constantly asking questions. So he's constantly looking at irrigation. Rain in Colombia is a big problem. The, what used to be the wet season is now extremely wet, but what is the dry season is extremely dry. Um, so much so, Camilo's done an experiment where he's looking, he's built a giant greenhouse um, and growing coffee undercover and just, yeah, doing crazy experiments in the hope that some of it will shed a light and, and, and make a path for Colombian coffee to be uh, sustainable, uh, to be profitable and to produce great cups. Um, this crazy approach that he has um, has made Santuario the farm that it is. Um, it's just an amazing. When you look at 10 years ago, this was grazing land for cattle. It was barren. It wasn't very well looked after. The soil looked interesting to Camillo, but he didn't really kind of know. But he looked at the altitude of 1,800 to 21,000 metres. He put a temperature sensor up on the farm and was measuring temperatures. And at night, they went really low, like right to the edges of, of low, you know, almost to frost, but not quite. But then during the day, it got really hot, which helps uh, maturation of the cherry and, and, and helps mature it. Um, he looked at the agronomy, he took away soil samples. Uh, he, he took advice from people that knew lots more about coffee than he did. Um, and decided that that's what he was going to do. Like I've said it before, but I'd say it again. If I was going to build a farm, Camillo's model would be the one that I would follow. Um, so far, his main crop is Tipica and Bourbon, the two that we have. Uh, but he has lots of experimental lots. He has some geisha. He has some uh, maragajip, which is uh, a, um, a giant kind of like big bean. We've talked about him on here before. And he has some mocha, which makes up 20%, like all those make up 20% of the farm. Um, the farm is meticulously planned. And you can see from when we go to the map bit, you can actually see the lines of plants. It's very, very regimented. And the sections are very, very regimented. Um, I'm excited with what Camillo does on the farm because I personally think that this is the way that farms are going to be done in the future. Um, I think if we want them to be profitable and we want to have great cup quality, uh, we're going to need to focus more on what the producers are doing on the farm, particularly with climate change and all the other factors that come into um, growing coffee. So anyway, I've rambled enough. I think it's time for us to have the map bit with a little bit of a special part where I'm going to show you the sections of, of Galpon and, and, and all of the other Heliconis and, and, and all the other sections. So, um, yeah, here comes the map bit. It's the map bit. No expense spent. It's the map bit. 
Oh, welcome to the map bit. You know the drill by now. We zoom out of uh, Blighty and we zoom across the Atlantic and we're going to be going to Colombia. Now, the interesting thing about Colombia is that they've really marketed themselves super well as a, as a, as a growing nation. Um, and it's really important for me to have a great Colombian that we can share with you. So you can see that to the right is Wheeler. This is Cacao. I still haven't got that pronunciation right. And here is uh, Santuario. Uh, I'm trying to zoom in a little bit here so you can see the actual regimented sections from the farm here. Um, I love what Camillo has done in making this into different different sections of the farm. Um, I'm going to show you a map now of uh, the, the breakdown of this farm, so like where Galpon is, and you can see where Galpon, Heliconus is, um, and all the other sections on the farm really really like the way that this farm is put together and this map just really helps uh, show why I think it's so good. That was the map bit. It's the map bit. No expense spent. It's the map bit. Do you know the map bit takes a little bit of work to do but I think it's really worth it. I, I do like the map bit. Anyway time for the wheel of death and this week's wheel of death is the Chemex. No messing with this coffee. I want to enjoy this coffee. I love it very, very much so. I really want to enjoy it. Uh, before we do that, we should really look at the numbers. So the farm is Finca Santuario. The region of the farm is Galpon. Um, it's a typical varietal. Uh, it is a fully washed coffee, not a through a pulp, but a fully washed coffee. Um, altitude of this particular lot is 2,050 metres, but the farm ranges from 1,890 to 2,010. The farm size is 135 hectares, of which 62 hectares are coffee. It's owned by Camillo Merazald, um, and the city is Cali, and the region is Cauacau. Oh, oh, pronunciations are rubbish. Um, but it's a special coffee. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to whap you on pause. I'm going to go and make said delicious, tasty, wonderful coffee. And I'll be back with you in just a moment. Okay, so I'm back. I'm going to dive straight into the espresso. Now, very much like the Bourbon version of this coffee, it has some sweetness. Um, what I think is majorly different about this is it's like it's much more of a milk chocolate heightened sweetness. Um, I'm also getting a little shoulder of vanilla. Um, delicious. Fills the mouth. A, a fantastic espresso. So um, something we haven't done for a while. Snozzer in the bowl. So on, this, on the aromas of the dry coffee, you really smell the milk chocolate. And the reason I remembered to do Snozzer in the bowl after not doing it for such a while was as I was grinding this coffee up for the Chemex, it was amazing. Like, you really get the beautiful sweet smells coming off there. And again, a little of vanilla. And it's there. So, into milk. My milk's got so much better recently. The art isn't great, but the milk texture in is, um, yeah, leaps and bounds. Okay, so here, the vanilla takes over. It's not a anymore. It's a it's a real punch in the face of vanilla. Chocolate is still there, still very sweet, but for me, the predominant part is this beautiful vanilla flavour coming through. So, 
Chemex, I've used my unpatented cone, which I should try and use more. I'm going to pop that in there. Oh, hey! that wasn't good. We have coffee everywhere. Okay. And we shall pour the Chemex. I love the Chemex. Chemex just rocks. So, okay. Smell sweet again. So, all of the good parts of the espresso, so the sweetness, shoulder of vanilla again, it's not, it's not as big as it is with when you add the milk to it, something going on there, but what becomes primarily the big part of this is stone fruit, so I'm getting a like, real kind of plum and a little bit of apricot, and it is just the, the acidity of stone fruit, so you bite, you know, you bite in, you get that, and it's just zesty, while still remaining clean, while still remaining sweet and having plenty of body, but it just, it becomes more as a brewed coffee. And I think that's probably my favorite way of drinking it. Although it's a stunning espresso, it's an even, it's an exceptional. It's a kind of, yeah, it's such a high scoring coffee for me in the brood. It, like, that, everybody's gonna enjoy that. Cost there's sweetness, cost there's body, cost there's acidity, there's a whole heap of stuff going on. It's super complex, but still really good. So, numbers. Farm is called Finca Santuario. The area it's from is called Galpon on the farm. It is a 100% typica. Um, it is a fully washed. This lot is grown at an altitude of 2,050 meters. Uh, farm size is 134 uh, hectares. Uh, coffee growing area is around about 63 hectares. Owned by Camilo Meraldaz, Merazald, sorry. It's on my Twitter, it's on my Skype every day, I should remember that by now. And um, the closest city to the farm is Cali, uh, which is in the region of Cacao, uh, Cacao, yeah, still can't pronounce it. So, thank you very much for joining me as always. Um, yes, life is too short for bad coffee.